Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, Crossing Church. How are you doing this morning? Oh, it's a good day. Uh, it's a tough day to clap because it's like, it's, it's like, you know, there's not as much agility as before because of what I did to myself uh, the last uh, two or three days. How many of you guys have just completely ruined yourselves in the last few days? Yeah, the rest of you, I don't, what's wrong with you? I mean, don't you get like a special dispensation against gluttony just during Thanksgiving? I don't know. I, I, there are so many things to be thankful for. You know, even if you're in a really tough time of life, there are so many things that you can give God thanks for because he has done so many great things. And I'm glad that we have the opportunity to give that glory to God today and do it together. I want to welcome all the campuses that are joining with us, all 11 locations all across uh, this, this region of three states, 10,000 square miles. And if you are inside, so thankful for each and every one of you online, thankful for you as well. And I hope that you're approaching this day with the same thankfulness that we all are. So how many of you are uh, two mealers or three mealers? You know, do, you, do you even know what I'm talking about? So like, you know, there was a time when everybody just went one place to have Thanksgiving. But it isn't that way anymore, right? So like what you have to do is you have to get a Thanksgiving schedule. How many of you have a Thanksgiving schedule and you have to do like two meals or three meals? So, so we're the supper schedule, this, we were this year. So uh, everybody that was at lunch, they come to our house and they already look pretty bad. You know, I, I mean, it's like, okay. And then you just want to, you just want to just totally ruin them. And that's what we did. I mean, some of you are not two mealers. Some of you are three mealers. Do we have any three mealers at any of our locations? Yeah, I've got a few. Th- yeah. How many of you have packed on a Friendsgiving with a Thanksgiving? That's just cruel, isn't it? All of those things that happen. Well, you know, this is where we barter as family. Like in my family, it's uh, if we don't get you for Thanksgiving, then we have to have you for Christmas. And, and we, you know, you make these rules up and, and uh, I hope that you were able to dodge the family drama. I hope you were able to check off the family traditions because there's still one central theme, isn't there? Thanksgiving. Amen. Just giving thanks. And that's important. Look what it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. It says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him. See that? Nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. I think that is an answer for a lot of the troubles that happen in the world today is that we have forgotten that most basic truth is that we need to be thankful to God. You see, that scripture talks about a spiral of depravity, like a a, a sin vortex that sucks us in and pulls us down. And do you know where it starts? It's when we quit being thankful. 
You know, there's a lot of things in your life to be thankful for. Your family, your country, your freedom, your needs being met, your friendships, your purpose in life, your health, your salvation, your relationship to God. Now, this goes on and on and on, right? The Bible teaches us that every good thing that we have in this life comes directly from God. And so thanksgiving needs to begin in that same place. It needs to begin with God, not just to be thankful generally, but to be thankful to God. And it's true. Every good thing I have in my life comes from God. He was the one who provided it. And as long as I keep that understanding, I have a firm place to stand to stay out of that spiral of depravity I was talking about. But when I start blaming God, when I start cutting myself off from God, that is when I become vulnerable to the kind of thinking and the kind of acting that literally will destroy my life. Did you know that provider is one of God's names? Provider. Abraham was the one who used that name to describe him. And in the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Jireh. You may have heard that. The God who provides. The one who provides. Let me tell you about the occasion where Abraham gave God that name. First, God did something completely out of character for him. Now, that, that's a big statement. Because we all know and expect certain things from God. But this was out of character. And this is what he did. He went to Abraham and he, he demanded a human sacrifice. And not just any human sacrifice, the sacrifice of his son Isaac. Literally told Abraham, now take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go and offer him as a burnt offering to me in a place I'll show you. And just the way that he describes that lets you know that God was fully aware, your son, your only son, Isaac, by name, whom you love. Relationship. Nothing was escaping God here, and yet he demands this human sacrifice. Credible. And you'd think that Abraham would argue with God. Like, I surely didn't hear you right, because that's completely out of character for you, but you don't see that in God's word. As a matter of fact, the very next words is the next morning, Abraham saddled his donkey and started in on his journey. And if you recall that story with me, they get to this region of Moriah. This is where this mountain of God is. And they start up the mountain, Abraham and his son Isaac. And I know that in our heads sometimes, we've written this story in our heads and... Uh, Isaac's this little, cute little boy, and that's not the case. He was about 20, 22 years old at the time. And Abraham's an old man. And they have to carry the wood up this mountain, and they have to carry everything that they're going to need to build an altar and offer a sacrifice. And they get part of the way up the mountain, and Isaac looks at his father, and he said, Hey, 
hey, Dad, we, we, we've got all of the supplies that we need except for one thing, kind of an important thing, and that's the sacrifice itself. And Abraham told Isaac that God would provide something. They get to the top of the mountain. They build uh, the altar the way the Bible prescribes altars are to be built with unhewn stones. They pile them up, put the wood on. And somewhere in this narrative, Abraham has to confess to his son, you're the sacrifice. God told me that I'm to sacrifice you as a burnt offering. Now, this is where it gets especially amazing to me because it would have been easy for Isaac to overpower his father, but instead of doing that, he submits to his father to be bound, probably had to hop up on that altar himself because I don't think that his father could hoist him up there, to submit himself to his father, to believe in his father's faith in God to that level that he would allow himself to be killed in that way. Now the story goes on that as Abraham raises the knife to kill his son, God says, stop. Now I know that you love me because you were not willing to withhold your only son. And a lot of times... That's where that story ends for us. But it really shouldn't end there because we're missing some of the most beautiful part of that story. It says that right after that in Genesis 22, verses 13 and 14, it says, Abraham looked up and there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns and he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. That God had provided a substitute for Isaac. A burnt offering, a life was still required. It just wasn't going to be Isaac's life. And it says, so that, so Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. God still required a sacrifice. It just wasn't going to be Isaac. Now, now let me tell you something about God here. He actually did require a human sacrifice, but only once. And he was the one who provided it. And I think it's interesting. As I look back at this story, especially this little word, this little word, that you don't read in the NIV, but you read it in uh, the word-for-word -word translations. And I'm, a, I'm sorry that it's not in that translation because it says that Abraham looked behind him. That literally this ram that was caught in the thicket, it was behind him, which means it was there. He just didn't notice it. That God had already provided it. He just did, hadn't noticed it behind him. And when I think about what God has done and how God has provided, all I need to do, all I need to do, all you need to do is to look behind you. You just look behind you and you can see that God has provided for you. Just look behind you. And if you really want to see, 
Look 2,000 years behind you. Because 2,000 years behind you, you will see a human sacrifice where God offered up his own son. Amazingly, in that same range of mountains, Moriah, later on known to be Jerusalem, where his son, Jesus, was lifted up and became a willing sacrifice, the human sacrifice that covered the sins of the whole world. When you look behind you, you see that a suitable sacrifice has already been provided and there is no need for you to pay the debt of sin yourself. And everything else that God has provided, it rests on this greatest of all sacrifices. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 it says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. Now this is the exact opposite of what it says in Romans chapter 1. This is telling you that God is showering his blessings on you and me every single day in both subtle and in spectacular ways because we're thankful for what he gave us. Now, today's a special day. When you walked in all of our locations, you got to see all this harvest and thankfulness and all of those smells and all those neat things that we associate with that. We did that at all of our campuses uh, like we did at this campus. And I really wanted that to be a backdrop for what I promised you. You remember what I promised you two weeks ago? I said two weeks ago that I was going to make two announcements that would illustrate just how good, how incredibly good God is and how he is the God who provides. He is Jehovah Jireh. Well, here you go. Okay. So you heard this whole narrative in the video just a little while ago. 23 years ago, last month, the leaders of this church, they caught lightning in a bottle. I mean, that's just the the way I like to think of it. In less than an hour, they decided to pursue the purchase of the building that those of you that are uh, with me here right now live, that building behind you, which was John Wood Community College, they decided to purchase that Uh, in less than an hour. It was crazy. There were only 230 of us going to church at that time. This was a two and a half million dollar building. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. But we believed that, made that decision in less than an hour. And it's hard to explain those moments to people because you kind of had to be there in that meeting. We were at Stony Creek Inn on a Friday night But the Spirit of God moved through that place and those leaders at that time to have this grand idea about what God could do in the community of Quincy. That was all we could see. The idea of doing something in the community of Quincy. And God provided. And I could go on and on talking about how he provided because we saw him provide constantly through that. Now, we had a big debt, but God gave us what we needed to pay that debt and to keep moving forward, even to the point of 
building a new auditorium. We never thought we were ever going to fill all that up, let alone have to build something else. Now, fast forward from 1998 to 2006. In only eight years, that little church of 230 had grown to over 2,000 a week. And it had required us to build this new auditorium, the one that I'm standing in now, that you're worshiping in now, unless you're at one of our other locations, because those hadn't even been thought about yet. And our debt load was high, but God had been faithful, and the leadership had been bold. And it was at that time that we, we thought, you know, we might be hitting a lid in our ability to grow, because everybody that was going to make a decision to come to the crossing in Quincy had been, you know confronted with that decision. And it was in that time that God opened the door to another completely new, crazy, faith-filled idea to open a campus in a different community. And at the time, nobody was doing a thing like that. And we decided to do it. We decided to do it without having any idea what kind of technology it would take to actually accomplish it. Completely new idea. And we chose the community of Macomb, Macomb, Illinois. They're all yelling up there right now, aren't you? And a building that had been sitting locked and abandoned for six years, had four foot of black mold growing up on the walls. And the purchase and the renovation of that building would set our debt to its largest amount. Now, when I came to Quincy, that little church of 230 was debt free. But thanks to my leadership, we changed all that. And that put our debt at the largest amount ever to the point that our bank didn't even want to move forward with it. We we were working on Macomb and they went, yeah, we really... And God provided a resource in Doug Crozier, someone that's been on this stage. Many of you uh, have been here for very long. You've met him or seen him. Who was not only willing to fund Macomb through his organization, but took on all of our debt and told us that his organization would fund our next five locations. And I'm like, I don't wanna, are you crazy? Like, I don't wanna do five more locations. Yeah, I know you kinda like, you're holding it in. Today, that lightning in the bottle has energized 11 operating locations, bringing literally thousands of people to Christ and provided us this beautiful camp that you saw in the video a little while ago. Our church spans three states, We are servicing over 10,000 square miles. It impacts the entire world through our online platforms. And in September, this September, the elders of this church caught lightning in a bottle again. This is what I want to tell you. And once again, the elders made the decision quickly and unanimously. Now, in order for you to understand this, You need to kind of understand where we are, okay? And God's blessing has been incredible. Now, we presently hold about $4.2 million of debt, far less than debt we've had in the past. But it's still there, and it's been very manageable for us. In fact, we actually triple pay our loan payment every month. We've been doing that for years. And, uh, and, And that's all because of the blessing of God and your faithfulness. But this year, in September, Doug Crozier actually texted me with this idea. And he asked me if 
uh, if our church would be willing to enter into what's called a gift leaseback for five of our 11 properties. And what that means is all of the equity, all the equity that we have in these, would we want to use that equity to further the kingdom of God? Would, would that interest us? Partnering with him. What, is this, what does this mean? Well, we don't actually use that equity. It, we just have it, you know, because we've been paying this off for a long time and our properties are worth a lot of money and five of the 11, quite a bit of money. This is what it would mean. It would mean that we would gift some of our property to the Solomon Foundation and then they would lease it back to us. And they would lease it back to us for a very small amount for a period of time. What that would do is it would allow the Solomon Foundation to lend money to other churches like we used to be, churches that are struggling, that need to get to the next level, so that they could in turn experience God the way we've experienced God. And the amount of equity that we could give them, listen to this, would allow them to give $2 million, at least $2 million loans to 81 churches. 81. Can you imagine? Can you imagine 81 churches having the same opportunity that we've had? And the Solomon Foundation would not only do that, they would pay off all of our remaining debt. So we'd be... I'm going to say it. Debt free. Debt free. God does more than you can ask or imagine. It would reduce our monthly expenses by $73,000 a month. That's our triple payment of debt. Or $876,000 annually. Our lease payment is $2,500 a month to them for a, to lease back those five properties of 11. God's not done. He would also give us, they would also give us $2 million in cash just to put in the bank after they paid that debt that we could use for whatever we want. And he's still not done. And they would give us a million and a half dollars to improve the five properties that we're doing the gift lease back with if we wanted to. And the lease would extend for 30 years, 2,500 a month. And then we can repurchase the, the campuses back at their land value or $1.3 million for all of them. And I'm going, I'm going, wait a minute. <laughs> Sometimes something too good to be true is actually too good to be true. But you have to understand something about God. That God does more than we can ever ask or imagine. Now nothing's going to change at any of our campuses. There won't be any restrictions. We can do whatever we want to do or accomplish. We can do it. Now that's a whole lot of information. And some of you are like, you know, you, you took math. And you're going, well, I'd like, to, I'd, like, I'd like a little bit more information. We have a fact sheet at all of our locations at our info bar, if you want to read through, kind of understand this, uh, 
love for you to do that because it details the plan. But suffice it to say that God has provided for us and not only for us. I have to tell you that our elders weren't so excited about being debt free. They weren't so excited about $2 million here and a million and a half dollars here. What they were excited about, you know what they were excited about, 81 churches. They were excited about that. Now we've reviewed all this. We've, you know, we're, we're not dumb. We reviewed all this with our lawyers and our accountants. It's perfectly acceptable. It's an honorable plan. And God has been faithful to us from the beginning. And all we've received, we've received from his hands. And, and now, listen, he's entrusting us with an even greater burden than debt. Hear me. He is entrusting us with plenty. And in my understanding, it takes more faith to deal with plenty than it does with debt. And his expectation is that we will invest it into building his kingdom until he returns. Amen. Personally, personally, this has a huge impact on me because I remember from early days, feeling the pressure along with the elders of debt. And I felt like this was a debt-free church when I came. And uh, I I wanted to be able to be the leader that led our church out of debt. And I realized even through, you know, the the generosity initiative we just went through, that wasn't going to happen. And then out of nowhere, here comes God. Doing more than we can ask or imagine. And all the praise and the glory goes to him. Amen. But I told you that there are two, two things. Remember, I said not one thing, two things. That's just one. Well, what else are you going to do, Jerry? There are two things that we have to be thankful for. One of our core values at the crossing is that we make leaders who honor God and inspire people and they will change the world. 16 years ago, I hired one of those leaders. Hired him right out of Bible college. The Crossing is the only church that he's ever worked full-time for. He was ordained here. Remember when Roy, it was Roy Weiss's last sermon, ordained up on this stage. And he was the first leader of our first multi-site location. Eight years ago, I told the elders that I believed that he had the potential to be the next generation lead pastor at the crossing. And they agreed with me. That kind of set me off a little bit, but anyway, just kidding. (laughs) Six years ago, I shared it with Clayton. And as I'm sure you've noticed, I've given him more and more opportunities to preach and to lead. Clayton is 38 years old now. He's the exact same age that I was when I came to the crossing. And the elders and I believe that he is ready for the lead role. You are ready for the lead role. Now I'm going to continue preaching. I'm going to continue leading in various capacities here. I'm not going anywhere. Okay? Okay. Not going anywhere. 
But as of January 1st, Clayton Hensel will be the lead pastor. celebrate too much. It doesn't mean I'm retiring. I'm just implementing. Listen to me. I'm just implementing what the Bible instructs me to do. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 2 it says, and the th- this is Paul, the apostle Paul talking to Timothy. He said, the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will be qualified to teach others. Once again, God has graciously provided for the future of this church. Now, I want you just to think about it with me. The crossing looks at her future. Look with me. She looks at her future debt-free. She looks at her future with plenty of resources for expanding the kingdom. She looks at her future partnering with 81 other churches. And we're going to be showing you videos of those churches. You're going to be seeing videos of what God's doing because of our step of faith. And, and he's provided for her future with a great young leader and an awesome staff. Amen. And all of our facilities, thanks to COVID, all of our facilities are in the best shape they've ever been. And a faithful wisdom that has been accumulated over these 23 years. And I am here to tell you, Jehovah Jireh. Our God is a God who provides. Amen? Amen. But listen, for a thing about provision is in order for it to be effective, it not only needs to be offered, it has to be received. And sometimes in order to receive it, we have to lay down other things. Now, you all know that I'm a grandfather of four. And uh, there's this stage in their life, their young life, where they start perceiving ownership, right? And the value of things in the moment. And for them, they feel like they have to hold on to them all at once. Have you ever seen this before? It doesn't matter if it's Hot Wheels or uh, Goldfish uh, or whatever that they can get in their hands, cookies, uh, they, they attempt to hold more and more. Like, I don't want to let go of anything, right? And then as they overwhelm their capacity to hold them, they start dropping things. And we, we, we were picking up after them the whole time during Thanksgiving, right? So they drop things on the floor. And then there's this never-ending cycle because of their frustration with that where they keep dropping some, and then they reach down to pick up more. And as they pick up more, they drop more. And then they pick up more and they drop more. They're never content because they want to hold on to more than they're capable of holding on to. And when I first considered this gift leaseback idea, I was skeptical because I like the idea of ownership. There's a pride in it. But then I was confronted with the idea of why would I hold on to temporary things and reject eternal ones? And I think of all those lives that could change. When I considered the idea of succession, I, I thought of why would I want to give up like, like me being able to preach 
to a future generation for more personal temporary leadership time. You know, like, like I could just go longer. Actually, I can be a lot like my grandkids. And so can you. Now, God has made provision for you today. And every good thing after it, salvation and every good thing after it, he has provided you. But in order to receive it, you're going to need to lay something or a few things down. And that is your challenge today. What are you going to lay down? You know, I want you to think about that. I want that to sink into your heart today. Clayton, I want you to come up here, and we're moving to a time of decision. So we're getting to do this uh, invitation across all of our locations, and anytime we get to do that, it's so special because this is the most intimate part of our service. And this part of the service is designed, for the most part, to do one thing. And if you've been a part of the crossing for a really, really long time, you guys can help me out on this. This moment is designed to help people find an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the heartbeat of this church. That's why we exist, because there are some of us in here, we found Jesus and we've never gotten over it. We started that relationship with Jesus Christ and we never wanted to let go. And not only that, we wanted other people to find it too. And if you're wanting to know how you can respond today, if you're watching at one of our various locations and you've never started a relationship with Jesus Christ and you're going, I don't even know how to do that or what steps I need to take, I just wanna tell you, Jehovah Jireh, look behind you, he's already provided. He provided through his son, Jesus Christ who died on the cross and paid a penalty that you could never pay so you could enter into a perfect relationship with your heavenly father. And if you have questions about what that is or what that looks like in just a few moments, wherever your campus pastor or staff member in the room, for a lot of locations, they'll be over by the baptistry. At some of our locations, they stand underneath an exit sign by a door, but they would love an opportunity to talk with you about what that relationship looks like. For the rest of you who are gathering uh, at all of our locations or watching online, uh, for online it'll be a little bit difficult for you to participate in this, but I still want you to stay engaged. At all of our steps, uh, we have two things up on the steps. Uh, one of them are a packet of uh, seeds. And the Bible talks a lot about seeds. It talks about just a little bit of faith and a mustard seed, size of a mustard seed. It can move mountains. And some of you, you've been journeying with Jesus Christ for a long time. You've been journeying with this church for a really long time. And maybe uh, uh, you've used up a lot of seeds and you could use a refill. That as we go into this next season, that maybe God just needs to give you a little bit more faith and this could serve as an incredible reminder for you. Uh, maybe you wanna take it home and you wanna plant them and leave them on the counter over the winter. Or maybe in the middle, uh, when spring gets, you wanna plant them outside. So you have a constant reminder of God's provision. In Luke, or no, in the, in the book of John, it says that unless a kernel is placed in the ground and dies, it will never produce any fruit. And some of you just need to remember that when your life was placed in his hands, when you were buried in Christ, that that is when the fruit of the spirit came into your life and it changed everything. I'm gonna encourage you guys at all of our different locations just to come up and grab a packet of these seeds just to remember what God has done and what God wants to do with you in the future. Then the second thing is we have these... Uh, 
little labels and we got pens. And at all of our locations, somewhere in the auditorium, there is a timeline. And it chronicles the history of our church. And we would love for all of you to help us see how your story and God's story and the crossing story and the upper story all kind of came together. And if you would uh, find some time during the next couple songs to come up here, get down on your knees and write your name. Maybe it was an event. Um, maybe it was something that you were invited to or maybe uh, something significant happened here. Maybe you got baptized here. Maybe you met your spouse here. Maybe uh, you got married here. Maybe uh, you, got to, you got to baptize your grandkids here, whatever that cool part is. And then I'd like you to take um, that label over with your name and I'd like you to place it on that timeline where that took place. Now there's some of you, you're gonna be looking at that timeline. You're gonna see that the timeline stops at 2019. Uh, we couldn't put everything on there. So if you're a milestone or you came to our church after 2019, we just want you to cover the edge. And if you can't find a spot on the edge because somebody else is there, well, you made a decision to come to this service so you can cover up part of their story and we'll just know that God was still honoring what happened in your life and what happened in their life. But this is an opportunity for us to celebrate not only how God has provided, but an opportunity for us to dig in deep and see what God wants to do in us next. Would you guys stand with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. And we cannot thank you enough for how you've gone before us. God, you have covered for us. You've saved us. You've delivered us. And God, we need your help because we know that you're not done with us yet. We know you're not done with this church yet. And so God, we're believing that you're gonna walk every step of the way with us. And God, I pray that as people go and talk to pastors by baptistries about starting a relationship with you, as people get down and pick up seeds or write their name on a label, God, that you would meet them in this moment, that you'd connect with every one of them, that it would be undeniable that you are in these different rooms, calling each and every single one of us to greater dependence on you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.